The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023, season 19, episode number 34. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got the crew with me today. It's our gumbo show on Tuesday. We got a lot of things we're going to throw into this. We're going to talk about the NFC East. We got a little news we'll get to. Talk a little bit about Michael Gallup and what he's shown so far this season and, and where we are with that. Also, we're going to try to get into the run offense and uh, what the Cowboys have been able to do on the ground. And if we think that's enough or will they need more from their running backs and their running game as the season wears on? We got a, a segment of lab coat. Uh, with no C. So we got a lot of stuff. We're going to hit a lot of different things, a lot of different topics in this show. So let's get it going. Let's start first with a little news. Yesterday, Cowboys announced that they have released Ronald Jones. Any surprise with that move or was that kind of expected that after he came off the suspension that the Cowboys would move on? I was expecting it actually uh, prior to them just moving him to the reserve (laughs) suspended list. We talked about it at training camp and, you know, the more training camp went on in preseason and then Ronald Jones gets the two game suspension and then he suffers the groin injury that basically deletes his entire preseason participation. In the meantime, you had guys like Hunter Lipke, Deuce Vaughn, these younger guys stepping up, Malik Davis, who earned a spot on the practice squad, Rico Dowdle stepping into the RB2 role. Question was, where does Rojo fit? And I could not figure out where he fit. I figured they would just go ahead and let it go. Um, maybe they held on to him for that two-week period as insurance against injury or whatever the case may be. Um, but here we are. Two weeks uh, has passed. He's now eligible to be activated. But instead of doing that, which would have cost them a roster spot, they would have had to release some or waive someone. They just went ahead and parted ways. Now, I will say um, that doesn't you know, preclude him from possibly circling back and being a practice squad guy alongside Malik Davis because he's vested. He's not subject to waivers. He can sign with whomever he wants effective today. So I don't know that the options off the table but as it stands yeah Rojo is a free agent yeah I I felt like that he was going to be a guy that uh, he was going to be a bridge player is what he was going to be and they and he was going to be much like what Adoga was and so you know I, I was thinking okay veteran guys kind of this is Will's way of protecting himself I, I like the way he does this I wish I would have done it a long time ago myself but you, you know, you find ways to say, okay, we got young players we want to look at, but I got to keep a veteran player over here, and he keeps him for a low salary and all that in case something happens where it doesn't work out. That way, you're kind of the coaches can go to their guy if they feel like you're not forcing a young guy on them. You're saying, hey, I got a veteran guy here; he's played a lot of snaps. If things don't work out with our young guys, we can do it. I've been told he's not going to be on the practice squad. So that, that you know, it, I, I know. So he's going to be out there for anybody else. Maybe he appears on the Cowboys emergency board down the road. If something happens, he knows the scheme and all that stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it, it was just like I say, it was a veteran move to protect the young players. They found out the young players could play a little bit, so they don't need Ronald Jones anymore. It, 
It's unfortunate, especially if what he said at training camp was true. And just a reminder, he violated the, um, what do you call that? Enhancement. Yeah, policy on performance enhancement. Performance enhancement. And what he said at training camp was basically he was taking some medication that was prescribed by his doctor for for his heart. And it popped up in the test. So he wasn't aware that whatever chemical was in there was going to show up as that. So in those instances, those, and he was pretty upset, and he said he tried to fight it. So when you hear something like that, obviously you feel bad. If that's the true story, it, it, it sucks. But it's just the nature of this business and how things go down, and these younger guys were able to take advantage of every single snap and opportunity, and here they are. They're, everybody is at a good spot for the backs that they currently have. Yeah. So... It is what it is. I wish him well, and we'll see if he ever, I mean, if he lands back on here or not. Yeah, yeah. The tough thing for him is that he's coming off a year last year where the Chiefs brought him in in hopes that he could be a yeah. player for them, and he ends up near the bottom of their depth chart, and then he comes to the Cowboys, and two weeks in the season he's no longer on the team. That doesn't bode well for him. Right. Uh, but right now there are two teams particularly, the Giants and the uh, and the Browns, mm-hmm. who've lost their running backs yeah. at least for a short period of time in the case of the Giants for the Browns probably for the season. And uh, and so it could create some opportunity for him if they see him as a guy that, as you said before, Brian, that bridge-type veteran player, right. maybe he could be that for, for them and, and maybe get some burn there. You know, the, the one lesson you should learn if you're a player is that if you're taking any kind of medication, these yeah. trainers know. And maybe if you get something new, you walk into the training room and you, you go to your trainer and say, they prescribed this for my medicine. Mm-hmm. And then the trainer then has the knowledge to be able to say, well, let's look up what's in this medication. You know, there's really it's it's it always is confounding to me when these players say, well, I was taking this. And, and these players know exactly they know what they're eating. They know what they're you know, they know what they're. There's their, how their workouts go, everything about what's going into their body, the most of them do. And it's just unfortunate because it's very simple. These, these trainers and doctors will help you. Like, you can't take that because it has this in it. And then it, it, it just eliminates any problems that you might have going forward. I mean, he lost an opportunity potentially, you know, for two weeks, you know, to compete and have an opportunity. But we'll see. But uh, it, it's unfortunate that you just, it's very simple. Walk in there, hand the prescriptions to your trainers, your doctors, and say, hey, can I take this? Is this going to be a problem? Yep. And what Ronald was saying was, in his explanation after the uh, suspension landed and after the appeal failed, was that this was um, whatever it was that he was taking for his his heart because of a congenital you know, family issue sure. with heart uh, issues. He said that he had been taking it for years for the totality of his career. So could have been a situation, again, we don't know all the details, mm. but could have been a situation where he felt like if it wasn't a problem with his previous teams before now, it wasn't a problem with the league before now, he wasn't expecting that it will pop up and be a problem now. So like you said, Ambar, I mean, we have both sides of the story. We don't know which side of that story is actually the truth. But if it is, as he says it is, then, you know, Brian's not wrong in that. You still need to present this information to the trainers for your new team so that you guys can be on the same accord. Mm -hmm. So they're not blindsided. You're not blindsided. They can double check with the league. But from his standpoint, I could see how he assumed, probably should not have if he did, I could see how he would have assumed because he's not a first, second, third year guy. I mean, he's not a 30 year old. He's 26. But I mean, if he's been taking it since he joined, been in, he, since he's been 
been in the league and there's not been a problem, it's not popped on the test, I could see his frustration and, and surprise to it. Yeah, tough thing is these guys can't approach health care the way the rest of us do. No. You get something prescribed from your doctor, you just yeah. assume you're good. Yeah. But they live in a world where there's there's this kind of testing yeah. and you have to be aware of it because you're putting millions of dollars at risk well, if you don't pass the test that the NFL puts out there. You know what, they're in a situation too where they're, you know, they give these guys physicals. Hell, they gave the scouts physicals. I mean, the doctors know. They ask you, what medications? We've yeah. all gone to the doctor. What medications you take? You know, they want to know. If you're going in for surgery, they want to know what medications you take. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the unfortunate side of it. If, you know, if it's a fact it's a veteran thing and he's been taking it all along. And, you know, I, I, with the league, I think they're very specific about what you can and cannot take. You know, that's that's something that, I mean, I've seen documentation of just – Thousands of these prescriptions that appeared that just were like, okay, you can't this, that, you know, and I don't know. It's just, it's unfortunate for him that, you know, but maybe, like I say, he knows better now that maybe with the next team, and you mentioned there are a couple of teams that are looking for running backs. Yep. All right, let's jump into a little conversation on the NFC East. Interesting division as it was last year. Right now there are three teams that are 2-0, and Cowboys, Philadelphia, and Washington, all 2-0. and New York is 1-1. and The only loss in the division is to a division opponent. So obviously in early parts of the season, looking like this will be just as tough of a division as it was last year. All that being said, what stands out to you most about this division at this point through two weeks? Jalen Hurts' struggles. Um, mm. I, I feel like... You went straight for the throat. Yeah, I'm going straight for the throat. We're not wasting any time. I'm 90%. Make that the title uh, no, no, of the podcast. Going straight for Jalen's throat? Yeah, we'll get, get so many <laughs> in, engagement on Twitter. I mean, I'm 90% confident that Jalen Hurts is going to continue to struggle. Um, but oh. it, it really is a situation where you, you look back at... Um, RG3's breakout year as a rookie and and what he was able to do. And a lot of times when you have these, particularly these running quarterbacks who dominate in any particular year, Jalen Hurts had a breakout season, which was largely predicated on his ability to run. In the offseason to follow, the film is out. Right, so now teams have an entire off season of your film to dictate and pick it, pick it apart. So then, when you come into the next season, the expectation within your organization is probably that you'll be able to replicate that. But that's not often the case, especially in a league that's dominated by parity. So when you see Jalen Hurts, who rarely turned the ball over over the entirety of 2022, struggle to not turn the ball over over the first two games. You start to wonder to yourself, well, have teams figured him out? And then you start looking at the personnel around the NFC East, and you land squarely in the, on the Cowboys' defense, and you say, well, it's one thing to have a blueprint, but it's another thing to have the blueprint and the personnel. Okay, well, it's another thing to have the blueprint, the personnel, and the maestro to be able to pull all of that together. Could this be a situation where when the Cowboys go up against Jalen Hurts, they end up getting a multiple takeaway game? I think that could be the case. And I think the Cowboys, the speed at linebacker, LVE's playing hair on fire, Damone Clark, that speed, Marquise Bell is helping there, Donovan Wilson is ready to come back. So for me, it's the Eagles. I mean, I don't. they should not apologize for the victory over the Vikings, but let's be honest. The Vikings gave that game away. I haven't seen the Eagles play yet between those two games in a way that impresses me to say, oh, yeah, that's that, that's a Super Bowl contender. I'm not saying they're not, but nothing floors me about the Eagles just yet. The one thing I will say real quick, I don't think I don't think it's I think it's too early in the season for me to make any declarations about really any offense mm-hmm. in the league, because I think right now what you're seeing is a lot of subpar 
football when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. I think the defenses are far ahead of the offense. I think it's a, a reflection of the fact that a lot of teams aren't playing their starters a lot during the preseason. And I think that's the work through of, of this. And you go back and look at the numbers. I think it, I think it would probably bear out that in the first three, four, five weeks of the season, offenses usually aren't just kind of clicking in the way that they normally do. Like people are making all these same declarations, similar declarations about the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. It, it's just, it's early. Oh, like I think, I think, I think, right. I think that's just, never. I think that's just the nature of NFL football. It takes a while for them to get going, but they're going to get going. And I have no doubts Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are going to be formidable when it comes to the offensive side of the ball because that's just what they do. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, the commanders might have found a quarterback in Sam Howell. And yeah. uh, they've got their 2-0 and right now. And both their victories, yeah, they're against Arizona and Denver. Both games they had to come back in. And you got to, as your team, we saw what happened last year with the Giants and with Brian Dayball and what they came in. They had a week one victory and where he went for uh, a two-point play, went for the, to, to go for the victory. And, we, and it kind of set the tone for their season. Yeah, they sputtered a little bit, you know, down the stretch, but they got into the playoffs. The thing with the commanders, I've always felt like that they've got really good skill players with Terry McLaurin and and others, you know, with Robinson running the ball and stuff like that. They they've got some legitimate weapons. Uh yeah, Logan Thomas at tight end. They've got a really good defense. We saw firsthand with the Cowboys in that final game what that front can do to you, how they can control uh the game. So the commanders at two and zero. It is. It's they're off to a great start. Both victories coming back. Both comeback victories. The one in Denver, I think, was pretty impressive. I know Sean Payton's trying to do a lot of things, get that thing going. But the the the, the commanders might have found them a quarterback in Sam Howell, which is what they really need. What they, really they get needed. a quarterback yeah. now. It gets really interesting. To watch because they got the defense for yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think we're already used to the NFC East having this type of competition year after year and it coming down to the last month of the year in yeah. December and what happens there and maybe but maybe I'm biased sorry sue me but I just feel like the Cowboys they're different this year like we were talking, every, about, it. We were talking about it the other day or yesterday yesterday it's just something about it complete, feels completely different. Granted, we're not in Philadelphia around the players. We're not in Washington around them either. But it's just even just watching them play. So, like, look at the defense, the Cowboys defense, the energy that they have. I think whenever they face the Commanders or the Eagles, they're going to they're gonna win. They're gonna win. They're gonna. It's always a struggle. I get it when they face a division opponent and all that. But just the whole energy, their demeanor, everything is just working right. And unless some type of crazy, in yeah, knock on everything you can, but some crazy type of injury that would ruin your whole season basically then you're screwed and it happens to other teams but otherwise everything about the Cowboys right now just seems right feels right and feels completely different than the year before and the year prior and the year since I started working here it's just it feels and I I don't want to get there I don't want to say it this early on week two but it it just feels like (laughs) they have everything they need to compete well, my, you, my you, main declaration is that the Eagles remain the the 
top contender against the Cowboys as far as taking the NFC East. I like the strides that the commanders are taking with Sam Howe. Uh, I don't have much to say about the Giants right now because, you know, 40-zip. Uh, congratulations to them for coming, you know, mounting that comeback against the Arizona Cardinals. But then you lose Saquon Barkley. Ooh, what does that offense look like without Saquon Barkley going forward? So for me, it is going to go down to the Cowboys versus the Eagles. But there were questions going into this, this season. Well, where do the Cowboys stack up against the Eagles and the 49ers? Yeah. Well, we'll find out in a few weeks where they stack up against the 49ers. 49ers. Yeah. 49ers still look fantastic. Yeah. Okay, but the 49ers feel like it, it feels like there is a bigger gap between the 49ers and the Eagles than there is the 49ers and the Cowboys, which to me means the Cowboys are ahead of the Eagles right now. Even if you say it's because the Cowboys have the best defense, definitely in the NFC East, likely in the NFC, arguably in the entire league. So right now, my declaration is going into Week Three, the Cowboys have the lead on the Eagles, but those are the, still the two teams to watch to take the throne in the NFC East. Would you pick the Cowboys over the? 49ers right now in a game yeah, uh, when they face each other I'm yeah. definitely picking the Cowboys You're for sure Cowboys. but and, and because going back to those games you saw the Cowboys being competitive like they even though they on offense there were struggles there but it was still it wasn't a game where they weren't doing but absolutely also, anything it? because you said injury right why they it's, struggle yeah. to get going against the 49ers tony pollard he came oh, he yeah. went out and all that so i think they they have the tools and law of probability it will be the cowboys turn to beat them pretty soon so I, we'll we'll find out a healthy cowboys team beats the 49ers uh, Brian, I, you asked that question, and yeah. I, I know you. Usually, when you ask that question, you got a thought in your head. What, what do I, you think I, about I that still, matchup? I know we talked about the bully factor, and I think the Cowboys are starting to become a bully in this conference. I think the 49ers are a real bully, though, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, what is it? You're, you know, to beat the man, you know, or to be the man, you got to beat the man. I guess that's the saying they they come with. You know, it, you talked about Pollard being out. They they were they're. McCaffrey was out for San Francisco in that game too. He was he was hurt. Mm-hmm. So to me, there there you're going to have to prove to me as as you're going to have to prove to me that you can go to Santa Clara on a Sunday night and win a football game. Is it is it lining up to where the right way with the the feel and the talent and the coaching and all that? Sure, it really does. I have a lot of respect for that group though out in Santa Clara. I really really do, and I feel like though. My attitude about it is I, I think you can handle the Philadelphia Eagles. That you, you handle the Philadelphia Eagles on a yearly basis. You know, you're either 2 0 or you split, or, you know, it's usually very, you know, it, a lot of times or one of the 3-0. games is, a, yeah, one of the games is an absolute blowout. Mm-hmm. You know, usually you'll play them and they, they just completely fall apart. But this is, this, I think this team at San Francisco is built a lot like you. Yep. And I think that's the thing that, to me, that when I watch, that win they had going to Pittsburgh caught my attention. And maybe Pittsburgh's not any good. But I know Mike Tomlin's damn good as a coach. I think they got a tough team over there. And the way that the 49ers handled them, you know, and the 49ers were down in the, to the ramps, which is a division opponent. But what they do in the second half, they found a way to kind of take over the game. I like their quarterback. I like their roster. But your roster is closer to their roster. So that, that's where I was trying to get a gauge. She's bullish, not wrong. I'm more. I'm more of. Let's see. Let's see. You go be a bully and go beat another bully. Yeah, that's, that's also- kind of where I'm at with San Francisco and Dallas. And there are times that I think I'm like, are, are we becoming what the Giants are to us? But now we're the Giants to the 49ers. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it would get that far because the Cowboys have dominated the Giants for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's a short, yeah. short but, time but, period. But what I will say is them. I do think mentally there is something there. You listen to the players talk they about, talk about they, San Francisco I think the Cowboys lot. players really think of San Francisco as a measuring yeah. As they should. Yeah. And, and they should. Yeah. And they yeah. should. When you when a team has beaten you, the put you out of the playoffs the last two years in a row, if you're not, to me, I don't think you're thinking about it right. You right. should be saying, that's a target. Yeah. We want to have an opportunity to beat them because that shows our progress. That shows yep. how much better we are. But going to your point, Brian, like I look at them too, and I agree. I think those defenses are equal. And that's the thing about the Cowboys this year. I think there's a certain amount of fear that they will put into opposing offenses when they know they have to play the Cowboys. I think that's one team in San Francisco that won't work. I don't think there's any amount of fear that the 49ers will have going up against this defense. Because, by the way, they face the same defense every day in practice. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's part of the reason why you see this offense. Right. I think it's part of the reason why you saw this offense play the way they did last week is because they don't go into a game fearing any defense because they face this defense every day. So that's where I think those two teams, like you said, similarly built. And that's going to mean both teams are going to come in with supreme amounts of confidence. Mm-hmm. Their defenses yeah. have extreme, extreme amounts of confidence, and their offenses know we can do things about, against really good defenses because we practice against one every single day. I think that when we went in from Oxnard to the start of the season, I know myself, and I don't want to speak for you guys, I had San Francisco, Philadelphia, Dallas. Well, now I would say I would have San Francisco, Dallas, Philadelphia. You know, the ranking of how, just if the, if you want the two-game sample size and what the teams have done, uh, you know, I, I feel like, though, that, that it, it's you're getting closer to what San, what my, uh, my thoughts of San Francisco were tremendously high. I'm thinking, like, San Francisco is going to find. And, you know, I was in a situation, too, where you might be thought that Philadelphia had a little bit more talent and maybe because they were division champs that maybe you have to give them the nod. But Dallas's, Dallas's talent... I think is surpassing what Philadelphia's talent is. Mm-hmm. But that game in Santa Clara will tell you how far they really are. The right. Cowboys are, in my opinion, they're one tick behind the San Francisco 49ers. And like I said earlier, there I have them above the Eagles now. But one tick. But here's the tick. What is the unleashed Texas Coast offense look like. I mean, when it's Brandon Cooks is on the field and yeah. he's cooking and CeeDee Lamb is cooking and Jake and Schoon is cooking. Give me Tyler. And, like, and, and, ty- yeah. and, ty- and the offensive yeah. line, you have your starting <laughs> offensive line. Like, what does that look like firing on all cylinders? And if it looks like what we think it can look like, now it's your match right there. Now we're equal. So then in a few weeks when you go to have that game in Santa Clara, okay, now this is the real test of who's the best team in the NFC at that point in the season. Obviously, there's still lots of football yeah. to be played after that. But, yeah, I have them just a small tick, but it's because I don't know yet what the what the best version of the Texas Coast offense looks like yet. Obviously, the team will not be looking ahead, but, man, I'm looking ahead. I cannot <laughs> wait until week five. That's going to be a phenomenal you know, game in Santa Clara. What I loved, and we were all standing there um, right after the game outside the locker room, and talk about the focus and their mentality right now, comparing to last year. Where we know at one point they started getting two uh, big heads over here. Smelling themselves. What my grandma used to yeah. Smelling themselves. <laughs> but you, you, if you just, without knowing what happened in the game, if you were standing there where we were and watching them go into the locker room, you would have thought they lost yeah. that game. That was a loss. You see that was a beat down. You see Michael walk into the locker room? I'm telling it's you, like, it's mm. so different. So that tells you, and that's a good thing. That just tells you how locked focus they are right now they're not 
granted, I mean, for week one, that was a fun game for everybody. There was a little energy in there, but it's just they're staying level, they're, they're staying grounded, and they're really, really aware of what they're going after this year. All right, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. Got a question for you guys about Michael Gallup and uh, what he's done so far this year. There was a lot of hope that he would be back to himself. And uh, I'll get your impressions on what you think, where you think he is. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you back to the break do you eat sleep and breed dallas cowboys football tell us how you spice up the game for a chance to be named the 2023 cowboys fan of the year presented by captain morgan win an exclusive prize plus a trip to super bowl 58 nominate yourself or another today at dallascowboys.com slash fan of the year welcome back second segment of the break life nest wbc mortgage studios at the star the segment brought to you by blockchain.com all right let's talk about michael gallup i want to find out what your level of concern is with him because i think in this last game there was an expectation that you didn't have Brandon Cooks, and so this was going to be the game where we were going to be able to see. I don't know how many times I heard media people last week saying, this is going to be the game. We get to see Michael, uh, we get to see Michael Gallup kind of break out and kind of reassume that position as the number two, and uh, he ended up with a catch for three yards. And I don't know that, that the numbers necessarily always say he did a great, had a great game or not because, quite frankly, he could have been open a lot more frequently than he got the ball. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to get your level of, of well, what your thoughts are right now on where Michael Gallup is and what you've seen from him in the first two games this season. I'll start with you, Brian. Uh, Patrick was asked a question this morning from Bobby Belt that Bobby and I talked about on Love of the Star podcast yesterday. Is Michael Gallup a round peg in a square hole? Hmm. 
because of scheme fit now? Is he a guy that is the precise route runner? Is he a timing-based type of a route runner? Is he a guy that uh, is can, uh, does the route tree limit uh, with what the West Coast offense uh, requires? I think he could run the slants, some of the end stuff, the outs that they have. Michael Gallup is kind of a vertical player to me. You know, he's a guy that his routes are a little bit deeper. It's built. It's built more on protection, a little bit deeper drop, maybe not the ball getting out as quick. Uh, you know, there's times where he doesn't catch the ball completely cleanly, you know, so maybe that, that, that kind of limits. But this might be a situation where he is a guy that it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for him the more you really, really dive into how this game is going to be played, and especially with this offense. And so I, I, I would love for Michael Gallup to have a, a day – this week against Arizona, where it's six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, something like that, just to just to give him a little confidence. But I believe he might be a guy that's in a it's a it's a not the cleanest scheme fit for him with the way that West Coast offense operate, especially when you watch him with how they run routes and then how quickly the ball gets out. Yeah, he's become, and I hate it for him because. I really do like Michael Gallup, and I love him um, as a player and as a person. But he he's just become so unforget like forgetful, like forgettable. Mm -hmm. And even at training camp, there are times that I would completely forget about him. I'm like, oh yeah, that oh okay, there's Gallup. He's moving around, okay. And then I forget about him again. So it happened again, like. I barely even noticed him uh, in this game, and it's just it's been that way. And now he just feels just like Brian said, like he just doesn't feel like he fits in anymore. And I'm at a point where I personally want to start seeing even more of a guy like Jalen Tolbert as part of the offense, and obviously together with CD and Brandon Cooks. And I want to see them three and what they can do, but. It's just one of those things that maybe the change in offense and all that, like everything like Brian said, that's what's kind of making him be left out because right now he just he hasn't done anything this year or the off season other than me seeing him being able to move around pretty well health wise. But other than that, as being part of the offense, he's just faded away slowly for me. Well, I'm going to break out a concern meter since uh, my meters are provocative and they get the people going. Um, I was 0% concerned with Michael Gallup before the first two games of the season. I put my concern level at about 25%. um, And good, great conversation with Bobby Sean RJ this morning um, with that particular question, square peg, round hole, possibly. That's possibly true, but it's too soon to know if that's the case. Mm. We're only two weeks in, and we just talked about how we don't know yet what the – unbridled Texas Coast offense looks like just yet. Cowboys are still kind of figuring that out. Didn't have Brandon Cooks on the field last week. So, you know, once Cooks is back on the field, and let's really start to see two, three games in what it really looks like and how that impacts Michael Gallup. Um, yes, he, he's not going to be – he can run the slam, but he's not the the quick separating guy like right. you would see Cooks and Turpin and C.D. Lamb and, and Deuce Vaughn if you line Deuce up in the slot. So he's not going to be that. But there will come a time where you will need the downfield threat – 
that matches the physicality and the violence in which Michael Gallup attacks that ball when he high points it. You will need the physicality of Michael Gallup to be able to run through one or two ta would-be tacklers to get you that first down. And that's a skill set that really will come in, into handy. The question is, how many more games will we see before that happens? And hopefully he goes out to Arizona and that's his yeah. day. It was CeeDee Lamb's day um, on Sunday. Maybe this is Gallup's day. Maybe the next uh, week is Cooks' day. And then it's Ferguson's day. And that's what Michael, uh, McCar Mike McCarthy was talking about. And every day, every week might be another guy's week. So hopefully Michael Gallup's week is coming up soon. But I think there is reason to have some concern but I wouldn't write him off two weeks in Let, let's play some more football let's talk about it mid middle way midway through the season see where his impact is versus a Jalen Tolbert impact because we talked about in the absence of Cook last or this past Sunday we wanted to see Michael Gallup step up and Terp step up and Jalen Tolbert step up well none of them really had to because CeeDee Lamb took over the game but Tolbert impacted the game yeah I think that's mm -hmm. where I that's where I would go because if you need Gallup to you know if I think I would feel better if Gallup had five targets and four catches yeah. in that game, much like, uh, you know, what Tolbert had. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know in the pregame show we were talking about, you know, week two uh, of last year, Cincinnati, Noah Brown, mm -hmm. five catches, five targets, first downs, fourth downs, you know, everything that he did. He was a big part of winning that football game. You know, Lamb had a great game the other day, you know, but I felt like, you know, it, it, the I thought I, I, I know I said this earlier. Well, yesterday was I thought the Jets were really arrogant with the way they played Lamb. They absolutely were arrogant that they felt like the rush could completely get home and that they could just play him one on one in zone coverage and they would be fine. You know, that if they, if teams are going to do that, then yeah, I'd throw the ball eleven times, twelve times to Lamb. But I mean, some of these other guys are going to have to step. And I understand what Patrick's saying about the vertical games and stuff like that. But there's going to be a time when. If, if Tolbert continues to have five targets, four catches, six targets, five catches, seven targets, seven catches, we're not going to be talking about Michael Gallup unless he can come along and play at the same level as what Jalen Tolbert's playing at right now. And the right thing now. is, like, you'll see him at times have, like, that one great catch and uh, that one great moment. That's and what gives you hope. At, Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. that's exactly why yeah. he's Toe here. Drag swag yeah. moment on yes. the line. So he, he has that, but I think it's the fact that we saw what happened last year and it was kind of okay well you blame it on the injury which is fair you, he's still and recovering and all that so now it's prolonging so again still early in the in the year but hopefully it's not a copy paste of what last year was yeah so. and i i personally think that that's coming for him if yeah. he can keep his head in the right place and not get discouraged because i think at the early part of this year i think what you're going to see from the offense is a lot of the quick short stuff there's going to come a time when defenses are going to say, okay, we see how you're trying to move right. the ball there. Now we're going to we're going to bite on those a little bit more. That's when the opportunities will come more down the field and the Cowboys will take those yeah. shots. And that's when he'll get those opportunities. That's the thing about a long season. you got 17 yeah, games. There will, as the season goes on, teams will say, okay, well, we see you being really successful with this, so we're going to take that away. What can you do next? That's when I think Michael Gallup see, will have an opportunity. See, but this is us trying to answer your question. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we, you know, you're trying to say, well, you know, well, heck, everything's going to be okay. It's all good here in Cowboys. Yeah. You know, you're trying to kind of come up with reasons why. You know, why would you think that this guy is struggling? You know, why are they not getting – why does he not have five catches? I'll say one thing, though. The other day, he's lucky he didn't get decapitated. And I'm sorry, it's a terrible word to say. Goes in the middle of the field, goes up, guys – colliding all around him trying to get a ball 
you know, give him a clean ball to catch. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, every it seems like every time he he gets put in more situations where he gets whacked trying to catch a football. Usually high in the air yeah. when he does it. Yeah, he and I'm it. like, man, okay, well, give him a chance. It happened in week one, like yeah. down on the sideline. Yeah. He thought he had yeah. the ball, but yeah. he comes out out of bounds, yeah. right? So, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. think it goes to what I was saying about that's, I mean, that's a large part of his skill set is being able to high point the ball yeah. and play violent. And because the Cowboys coaching staff and Dak knows that, Unfortunately, that will have them put him in more of those uh, precarious situations. And CeeDee Lamb gets put in those situations every once in a while. He got decked as well. But more often than not, it is going to be Michael Gallup who is is asked to to take on those hits. What I'm learning about this offense is if you're not a good route runner, you're probably going to struggle. And I, I'm or if you're not a a, a clean route runner, yeah. if there's a little <laughs> bit of if you're not because we've seen with with Lamb, with Tolbert, with some other with Cooks. You know, you run routes, clean, boom, you're where you need to be, ball there. So how you do know? you classify him as a route runner? I don't think it's great. I think that I think the athletic ability, the high point in the football, I, pack, I think making himself small in, a, in, in areas and getting feet down and, and making spectacular catches, I think, it's, I think he's one of the best I've ever seen at that. Just, you know, like there's no way he's going to get this ball, yeah. and he gets it. But in this offense, that's not a requirement. Being precise, timing, you know, Dak at training camp yelling at somebody, it's 12 steps. It's not 14, it's 12. You know, that's that's how precise you have to be running this offense with the timing of it. And so that could be a problem. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We'll do a little lap coat with no C. We'll do it when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys. VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. 
Let's play in this game. There's a position for everybody, no matter who you are. Flag is your chance to run, throw, and jump and fly. This is your chance to get involved in the action and join the flag football movement. Learn more and find a league at NFL.com. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Brian. I'm sorry, not Brian. Patrick. We look just alike. Lab coat. <laughs> Go. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. In this week's lab coat, uh, well, the previous two weeks, we focused on the opposing quarterback. Wait a minute. Don't you have a sounder for this thing? Oh, yeah. Bring me in, Beamer. Yes, science. There we go. There we Thank go. you, Brian. <laughs> Two and O doing that sounder <laughs> yeah, thing, man. Right. Don't mess yeah. that up. I'm, I'm okay. Super, there we go. Well done. Superstitious. Just yeah, like very me. superstitious. Um, last two weeks, we focused in on the opposing quarterback. Uh, now the Cowboys are going up against Joshua Dobbs. Not a ton of film on him um, and not a lot that stands out as far as what the Cowboys need to account for. Averages less than six yards when he takes off and run, um, and he can be had in the air as well. So we're going to turn inward on the Cowboys, and I have two numbers that we're going to pull out of today's lab coat. 21 and 29, folks. 21 and 29. Went back and did the tally of the Cowboys defensive snaps uh, since Dan Quinn has joined the team. Went back and did a tally of how many sacks and pressures they've had in that same time frame, how many takeaways. The Cowboys are sacking opposing quarterbacks one sack every 21 defensive snaps. That is insane. That is ridiculously insane. But here's why that, here's what makes that important, especially when you go into the context of pressures and disruptions in the backfield. It allows them to take the ball away once roughly every 29 defensive snaps. That is far and beyond every other team in the league. So when you mix in the fact that the Cowboys to this point, knock on wood, hopefully it continues, have not given the ball away a single time, now you're talking about why it was 40-0, to why it was 30-10, to and really should have been 30-3 to if Malik Hooker goes and, and takes the outside shoulder as far as the inside on the angle. Yeah, Malik, you know, he made good on that by getting the interception sure later did. in the game. But it should have been 30-3, to and we're talking a 70-3 to point differential. It's because the Cowboys applied that much pressure to opposing teams. If they they can continue to do that going forward, and the oppo- and the Cowboys offense can eat, if they can be par or better, let alone electric. If they can be par or better, and you're sacking the opposing quarterback once every 21 snaps, you're taking the ball away once every 29 snaps. Yes, this is a February team. If that continues, yeah, I, I love it. I love what he's talking about there. I. I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and watch Josh Dobbs play against the Cowboys though mm-hmm. in in Week 16 when he made the start for the Tennessee Titans, and he didn't have his running back in that game, if I remember correctly. If I remember, it, was, it wasn't a it horrible was, it, it was, like, yeah. It was like, well, this guy well, was, was 29 was to 39. They and played it, down. Yeah. Fair. No, no. My yeah. point being, yeah. this year they've shown that they're not willing to do that. I think yeah. lessons like Green Bay, Tennessee, Jacksonville, it burned in their mind and this tattoo on, yeah. on them to say, mm-hmm. remember that. We went into Nashville, and we were in a dogfight with – Josh Dobbs? Yeah. <laughs> so Well, they were fighting for a playoff spot too. I mean, yeah. everybody was on everything was on the line and unfortunately for well for Tennessee, they didn't have their quarterback or their running back in that game. I I, I will say this though about it though. I, I love the the fact of the numbers with the pressures and the number of plays and I think it just goes to the creativity of the coaching staff here, the willingness to take players find roles for them hey we're going to play jordan lewis only 10 plays well guess what jordan lewis is in the nickel on a third down and and undercutting a route and knocking the ball away or being in position to knock the ball away you know this is what the staff does it's to a credit to them it's a credit to the players it's a credit for the buy-in 
the overall buy-in on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be a tough day for Josh Dobbs. There's no question about it. But the thing about it is, and I'm happy about this, at least Dan Quinn has an idea now. He can go back and say, okay, this is how I try to affect this kid's eye level a little bit. You know, this is how I kind of moved him around. This is how I maybe got him off platform a little bit. Uh, and uh, and to Patrick's numbers, you know, maybe maybe those numbers are even better uh, on some dropbacks and stuff like that if they can get him to kind of uh, uh, maybe see some ghosts. And definitely can be. And and we'll, if you're if you look at those numbers and you flip it into what does that mean? potential-wise going into each game for this Cowboys defense if you're the opposing offense trying to figure out what you're actually up against. It is a horror movie. This Cowboys defense (laughs) has the potential with these numbers to take the ball away six times per game on any given Sunday. They have the potential for eight and a half sacks per game on any given Sunday. That's what opposing uh, offenses are up against. So, yes, it is Freddy Krueger, it's Chucky, it's Michael Myers, it's everybody. It is the scary movie that we would want. We're in September. Yeah. October. No, the defense is, <laughs> this is. But this is the same deep. Keep in mind, That's deep, an office joke because we know yeah, some yeah, people yeah, like yeah. getting ahead yeah. of some holidays around here. Yeah, this is the defense. And <laughs> these are these defensive numbers from 2021 all the way through week two. So we're not yeah. talking about the offense. When we talk about the offense, the question is, can they continue to not give the ball away and or minimize how and when they give the ball away? The defense is the defense. And that is scary hours. Mm-hmm. Exclamation point. <laughs> I will say this, and I, I want to talk about this a little bit more Thursday when we when we dive into the matchup. Uh, and it's, this isn't so much about the matchup uh, with the Cardinals, but really when you think about this defense overall, I've started now kind of wondering, okay, what is their kryptonite? Because every unit on every team has some kryptonite, and, and it hasn't become apparent just yet what that kryptonite is. But it's going to come at some point this season. We're going to find out where the, what their kryptonite is, and then teams are going to try to exploit that. It. The one thing that we saw with what the Eagles did, and I know that's down the road, yeah. is the ability to play that read option football and how much is that quarterback willing to run. He looks like he's not willing to run very much. Right. But the one time we saw defense freeze Micah Parsons was running at him and making him have to make a decision mm-hmm. on quarterback or pitch. That that looked like the one time where it kind of – you could you – could, put two, three guys on and blocking him. He doesn't bother him. But that was the one thing that paralyzed him as a player of having to make a decision on how to play. The Cowboys probably have an idea what they need to do to avoid that again. Yep. Linebacker speed. Damone and LVE. That's that's the situation when he's 100% correct. The RPO was just – it had Michael Parsons running in mud. It paralyzed It had him running in mud. So this needs to be a situation where you have so much confidence in the speed of LVE and – uh, and Damone, and then obviously, hopefully, Dono is, is in that game or Mar- Marquise Bell. You trust those guys to be able to cover if you let Mark, Michael go back there, um, as My- or Michael, as some analysts would call him. Um, <laughs> and you trust that if the, if Michael, Michael doesn't blow up that play, that you have speed on the back end to contain that at the line of scrimmage. All right, that's a wrap. We're back tomorrow. We start diving into Cowboys versus Cardinals. We'll do the Cardinals uh, defense versus the Cowboys offense tomorrow. Until then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus. Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!